Good morning. So good to see everybody this morning. Happy Sunday to you. Well, we are in week three of our series, Temperature Check, and I'm excited to be bringing you the message today. I feel like God has really dropped something in my spirit for us, and I'm excited to be able to share it with you. Uh, you know, when my girls were little uh, and they weren't feeling well and I would take them to the doctor, what was the first thing that they would ask me? They would always ask me, do they have a fever? What is their temperature? And so I would have had to check it at home to know, you know what, they have a fever of 101 or 102 and they're not feeling well. And so there was always that question that they asked me is, what is their temperature? And A fever, though, or a temperature is not the sickness itself, right? A fever is an indication that something else is going on in your body. Whether your body is hot or it's cold, something is causing it to be the temperature that it shouldn't be. And so we want to take a look at our temperature and figure out, is there something going on spiritually in my life that my temperature is not where I want it to be? The foundation scripture that we have is Revelations 3, 15 and 16. And it says this, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. That sounds so harsh. Listen to it in the Passion Translation. It says this, I know all that you do, and I know that you are neither frozen in apathy nor fervent with passion. How I wish you were either one or the other, but because you are neither cold nor hot but lukewarm, I'm about to spit you from my mouth. So here Jesus says that he would rather have us cold, frozen in apathy, or hot, fervent with passion. He doesn't want us lukewarm. So why not lukewarm? Why would he rather us be cold than lukewarm? Why hot than lukewarm? Let me tell you this about lukewarm. Lukewarmness indicates indifference. And indifference in your relationship with God is the worst temperature that you could ever be. Because indifference actually denotes an absence of feeling or interest. If someone is indifferent to something, then they are not concerned with what is happening to them or around them. They are simply indifferent. And so this is why Jesus says that he would rather that we are hot or cold. Because he doesn't want us indifferent. Lukewarmness is indifference. So if our relationship with God is worth anything, it is worth everything. Indifference is inexcusable. If it's worth anything, I present to you today that it is worth everything. It's inexcusable to be indifferent. You see, when we're indifferent, we simply adapt to the culture around us. If someone is indifferent, what is happening around them doesn't concern them. They just simply adapt to it and adapt to the culture. They adapt to what's happening, the climate. They don't change it. They're just indifferent to it. And we cannot be indifferent. And so today I actually want to talk to you about something that it's a phrase that we use when we talk about temperature. We use this phrase quite frequently. And today I want to talk to you about it. It is room temperature. So that's really what I want to talk to you today about, is setting the thermostat on our prayer life. And so let's talk about that today. 
Turn to someone in the room and say, hey, what temperature are you? <laughs> so today I'm actually going to give you an acronym for the word hot. And the reason why I want to do this is so that it's something that we remember that we should be hot in our prayer life for God. And so we don't want to be uh, lukewarm or indifferent in our prayer life, but with everything going on right now, we can really become that way. And so I want to talk to us today about how not to do that. So the acronym that I have for you is HOT. Hear the word, obey the commands, and transform the room. This is how we're hot in our prayer life. We hear the word, we obey the command of that word, and then we will transform the room. So instead of adapting to the room, instead of adapting to the temperature of the room, we can actually be the ones who set the temperature with our prayer life. Now, I believe that these three points can be found in a passage of scripture in Ezekiel. Ezekiel 37. Now, if you know me, you're going to be like Pastor Jen. You're going to Ezekiel again. Yes, I am because I love Ezekiel. And every time I read this passage of scripture, God just begins to bring even more stuff up out of it. And so today we're going to go there again. And I feel like he's just going to keep hounding on this until I actually get it or you get it. So it's going to be good. Ezekiel 37 verses 1 through 10. Let's just read them as we get into this today. It says, the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed, they were very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, oh, Lord God, you know. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling. And the bones came together bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them. And the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. Also, he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. This passage in Ezekiel, I believe, is a formula of sorts for our prayer life. And I want us to dig into it just a little bit today because it is vital that we are praying in this day and in this hour. I know it can be challenging when the room temperature seems like it is so much greater than us and what we believe. It seems like it can be so much greater than what God is actually declaring in his word. All of the pressures of what's going on around us right now, it can feel like, what am I able to do? What, what are my prayers producing. But I guarantee you that if you are hot in your prayer life, that it will produce what God wants to do in the earth today. It is not too difficult for him. His hand is not too short. He is not challenged with the things that we are challenged with. He is God. And I'm going to give you a secret. 
he wins. Every time he wins. So let's dive into this so we can be hot in our prayer life. The first one is H, hear the word. And this is what he said to Ezekiel when he brought him out into the valley and Ezekiel sees all these bones. It says that there were very many bones and that they looked really, really dry. He was like, can these bones live? And Ezekiel's like, I don't know, but you know God. And so God says, prophesy to these bones in verse 4. And say to them, oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And so he tells Ezekiel to begin to command things to these bones, to begin to speak to him, to those bones, the word of the Lord, and for them to hear. So when we hear the word of the Lord, we need to take that moment to draw in close so that we know how to pray. He will give us the guidance that we need. You see, to change the temperature around us. To combat what we see, we must hear what God says about it. We've got to hear what God says about it. You see, you can hear God's voice. Every believer can hear God's voice. His Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us. And when we receive Jesus, he breathes that Holy Spirit inside of us. And we can hear the voice of God because we're his children. The problem is, is we have to stop all the other noise. We listen to too much outside noise sometimes to hear his word. And so we've got to get quiet within ourselves. We've got to take the time to spend time with him, to just breathe and let him speak to you so that you can hear the word that he needs you to declare so that you can hear what he says about a situation, so that you can hear what he says about what's going on in our world today. It doesn't matter what the news says. It doesn't matter what media says. It doesn't matter what this political party or that political party says. What matters is what heaven says. What does God say about what we are facing in our world today? We've got to draw in close so that we can hear him. Jesus actually taught us this. When he taught us how to pray, his disciples came to him one day and they said, Jesus, Lord, master, teach us how to pray. And so this is what he taught them in Matthew 6. We call it the Lord's Prayer. And it starts out, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus teaches us to pray. And he says, pray this way. First, you glorify your father. Holy is your name, heavenly father. And then secondly, you pray for his kingdom to come. You pray for his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're not praying for, um, you know, our own will to be done in earth. We're praying for God's will to be done. We're praying for kingdom heaven to come to the earth. It's his will on earth. And we are the ones who pray that. We're the ones that can hear the word of the Lord. We're the ones that can come before him in prayer and stand in the gap for people, stand in the gap for our families, stand in the gap for our world so that we can see his will done, not the enemy's will, not his will. So that's the H is hear the word of the Lord. You've got to be able to hear his voice, to know what to pray, to know what to say when you don't know what to say. You hear his word. The second thing is the O in hot. 
which is obey his commands. So in verse 7 of Ezekiel, we see this. It says that um, he told him what to say. He said, this is what I want you to declare, Ezekiel, over these bones. And so Ezekiel in verse 7, it says, so I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling and the bones came together bone to bone. So this is what happened the moment that Ezekiel began to declare what God had told him to do. The moment that he began to obey and step out in that obedience, things began to change. There was a rattling. There was a noise. And what he was looking at began to take shape into something else. Can I tell you that the moment that you obey the commands of God, that that it will begin to change in your world. What you're looking at that you thought could not be fixed, God can fix it. But it takes you obeying his commands to do that. And the moment that Ezekiel began to declare what God said, the room began to shift. Things began to change. It says bone came to bone. And what was disorderly came into order. Whatever is disorderly in your world can come into order when you speak the word of God to it. When you obey his commands and you begin to declare what God says about it, he'll bring it into alignment. He'll bring it into order. But we've got to obey his commands. You see, his word has to have dominance in our life. His word has to be the most important word in our life. The Bible isn't just some ancient book. The Bible is an instruction book. The Bible is a love letter. The Bible is, is God saying, this is my heart for you. And if you'll just obey what I say in my word, your life will be a good life. And we'll be able to impact our world. We'll be able to change the climate rather than just adapt to the climate. So look at what it says about prayer in 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy 2 verses 1 through 4. This is really important for us to understand that our prayer life has to come in alignment with the word of God. 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 4 says, most of all, I'm writing to encourage you to pray with gratitude to God. So let's start with Thanksgiving. God, I thank you. You are such a good father. There's no one like you, God. We start with gratitude. And then it says, pray for all men with all forms of prayers and requests as you intercede with intense passion. It doesn't say indifference. It says intense passion. And verse two, pray for every political leader and representative so that we would be able to live tranquil, undisturbed lives as we worship the awe-inspiring God with pure hearts. It is pleasing to our Savior God to pray for them because he longs for everyone to embrace his life and return to the full knowledge of the truth. Verse 2 says, pray for every political leader and representative. It doesn't say pray for only the ones that you agree with. It doesn't say pray for only the ones that you like. It doesn't say that it says to pray for every single one. And why? He says this because it's pleasing to God, first of all. And secondly, so that we could live undisturbed lives. And it's attached to our worship. It says as we worship the awe-inspiring God with pure hearts. The reason why 
his kingdom, his will needs to be done in the earth is so that others can come to him, so that we can live undisturbed lives and the gospel can continue to be spread. It is so important that the world knows that they need a savior. But if we're so caught up in the turmoil, then we'll forget to tell them. We cannot forget what this is all about. This is about him. This is about Jesus loving this world. This is about this world needing a loving Jesus. And we must always remember that. And so that's why he says to pray, to pray for every political leader and representative, to pray for those in authority. And it is so important that we as the church right now that we pray. This is how we engage. We've got to stay engaged in the battle. Remember that we are in a spiritual battle, that this is warfare in the heavenlies. And this is how we become a part of the answer is we pray and we obey his commands so that we know exactly what to pray for. So we hear the word. We obey his commands. We obey when he says to say, we do it. And we say what he says. And we begin to pray. The third one is T, transform the room. We start with the H, hear the word. O, we obey his commands and we do what he tells us to do. We pray how he tells us to pray. We hear his word is downloaded on the inside of us. And then we begin to pray in obedience to him. And then that's when we begin to see a transformation begin to happen in the rooms around us. That's when things begin to shift and to adjust. So in verse 9, this is what happens in Ezekiel again. Ezekiel 37 verse 9. It says, also, he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. So if you read that whole passage like we did at the beginning You'll know that they were standing on their feet, but there was no breath in them. So they looked like they were alive, but they weren't. There was no breath in them. There was no power in them. They were simply now bodies. So they had been bone. And when he declared the word, they became bodies, but there was still no breath in them. It took the wind of God to blow in them to make them an army. It takes the wind of God, the power of the Holy Spirit to blow in us, to breathe in us, for us to be a mighty army. Can I tell you that the church is being called today to be a mighty army for God? And it starts in our prayer life. And when we pray, we invite his Holy Spirit. We invite the wind of the Spirit to come and breathe, to come and blow And when we do, it begins to change not only us, but the room around us. You see, this is the power of the Holy Spirit. This is the power of the gospel. I want you to remember for just a moment who you used to be before Jesus. What was your life like before you knew him? When we take a moment to reflect on how far we've come, then we'll recognize the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. You see, God has rearranged me and changed me. And I am so thankful because I don't even want to think about where I would be without him. I don't even want to consider where my life might be 
without the power of the Holy Spirit in it. I need him. You need him. The world needs him. And we are the ones who bring the Holy Spirit into the world. And when this happens, notice in Ezekiel that when he did this, that the room shifted and began to change, that it didn't remain the same. It was no longer a valley of dry bones, but now it was a valley full of an army that was standing on its feet ready for battle. And so it doesn't, um, the Holy Spirit doesn't adapt and conform to what we see. He doesn't adapt and conform to the world around him. He begins to shift it and change it and transform it into what God says it is. And so I don't know what you're facing in your family. I don't know maybe what your world looks like right now in your immediate home. But I do want to tell you this, that if you're looking at maybe some bones and some dry bones, the Holy Spirit can change that. And when you begin to declare his truths over it, when you begin to get passionate and change the temperature of the room, rather than adapting to it, it will begin to shift and change in your world. Now is not the time to draw back, church. Now is not the time that we retreat. Now is not the time that that we say, well, it's all over now. No, it's not. God wins. He has the final say. And when we pray his will on earth, it brings heaven to earth. When we pray for the Holy Spirit to come and breathe on the ones that are slain, it brings life to them. I know a lot of what we see right now seems like dry bones. I know that when we look at it, we can either see death or we can see possibility. I don't know what you see when you look at it. Do you see death or do you see possibility? You see, you can can choose one or the other. And when we are praying, we are praying the possibilities of God. And so I have a question for you today. What are you doing with the bones in our world? Because right now there's a lot of turmoil and it looks like a lot of dry bones that are, that are just full in the valley. That is just full of dry bones. It seems like everywhere we turn, it's bad news. It's, it's something else that's challenging. It's another conflict that's arisen. Social media is just full of all of this hate and, and fighting and, and it can just become just so overwhelming. To the point where we look and we just see bones. But can I tell you that the breath in your lungs will change that. That the prayer that you pray will change that. That when we partner with heaven to bring his kingdom, his will on earth as it is in heaven, then we will see God move in a mighty way. It's not over yet, church. God wants to do something mighty. A great outpouring is about to hit the church and the earth. And that's why the devil's trying so hard to stop it. That's why he's trying so hard to bring an attack against us. We must be fervent in prayer in this day. We must be fervent in prayer. This is something that we must engage in. So whether that's, you know, we're watching online today, and I think it's amazing that we have the technology to be able to watch online. And do you know that there is no distance in the Spirit? That the Holy Spirit is right there with you, just like he's right here with me now. And so there's no distance in the Spirit. And so we can be fervent and engaged in prayer and be in agreement together for God to move in the earth because there's no distance in the spirit. So I have a question for you. What is the temperature of your prayers? 
Are they hot? Are they cold? Or have they been room temperature? Room temperature. So room temperature just adapts to the room around us. It doesn't change anything. It doesn't set the temperature. It just adapts to it. Have your prayers been adapting? That's not God's heart for us. And that's not God's heart for the church. We should be the ones leading out. We need to be the ones standing in the gap. You see, the devil would love nothing more than to keep us room temperature. He would love nothing more than for us to be indifferent because if we're indifferent, then he can just keep doing what he's been doing, wreaking havoc in people's lives, destroying people's lives. But we will not let him do that. We will set the climate around us. We are the ones who will change it because we will not be indifferent, but we will be fervent. My last scripture for you today is Romans 12, verse 2. And it says this, this is, this is really important that we grab a hold of what it's saying here because it talks about not adapting. So it says this, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. This is what he's saying in this scripture right here in Romans is stop imitating the ideals. Stop adapting yourself to the ideals and the culture and the customs of the world around you. You don't need to be imitating the opinions of the culture around you, but you're going to be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. That wind, that breath that blows on you will begin to transform your way of thinking. The word of God, as we obey his commands, as we put his word first in our life, then it begins to transform the way that we think, the way that we live, and we come into alignment with what he says. And our own thoughts and opinions. Can I tell you this? I have a lot of thoughts and opinions. I have a lot of like, well, I think about this and I think it should be this way and blah, 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 blah. My own thoughts and opinions. But those don't really matter if they don't come into alignment with the word of God. And so I've got to take the truth of God's word and bring my thoughts and my opinions into alignment with the truth of his word. And that's what this scripture is saying. Don't adapt to yourself. Another don't adapt yourself to the, to the world around you. Another translation says this, don't be squeezed into the mold of this present age. Don't be squeezed into the mold of this present age. I love the way that it says that because it implies pressure, that there's a pressure to conform and to be squeezed into this present age. This present age doesn't look how any of us thought it was going to look. This present age can be confusing and feel like a lot of turmoil. But can I tell you that this present age is the age of the church. This present age is the age of the Holy Spirit. This present age is the age of prayer. And when we engage with heaven, we will see his will done in the earth. You see, I believe that the devil is trying to speed up the time of the end. And we as believers are the ones that can stop his plans. 
we can put a stop to what he's trying to do in the earth. We're the ones. That's the power of prayer. That's the power of coming into agreement with heaven. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the power that God has given us as his children, that when we pray, he hears us and he answers. So don't adapt to the room temperature around you. Don't just adapt to whatever room or culture or custom that you come into, but set the temperature. Be a thermostat, not a thermometer. We learned what a thermostat was from Pastor Troy. And so we want to be a thermostat in life and not a thermometer. A thermometer just simply takes the temperature, but a thermostat sets it. Let the Holy Spirit be the thermostat for your life. Let the Holy Spirit set the temperature that he wants you to be at. Let him set the temperature and the culture for your life so that we can see his will done in the earth. So I want us to be hot in our prayer. We're going to hear the word. We're going to obey his commands and pray what he tells us to pray. And that's how we're going to transform our world. That's how we're going to transform the rooms that we are in is through our prayer. So I just want to encourage you today. It doesn't matter what you see around you. It doesn't matter if you look and you think all I see are dry bones. I don't see any life around me. I don't see how we can get out of this. Can I tell you that God says differently? Hear his word and begin to declare it and you'll begin to see things begin to shift in your world. God is a loving father. God loves you so much. He didn't send this into the earth. He sent his son to save us. God loves us so much. And so let's partner with heaven and see him do amazing things in the earth. Let me pray for you today. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your word. God, I thank you for your Holy Spirit that gives us the power to be transformed. I thank you for your word, God, that begins to transform us so that we can transform the world around us. God, I pray for every person listening or watching today, God, that they would begin to declare your word and your truth and what you say about situations, what you say about dry bones, God, what you say about dead things, that they come to life, Father God. I thank you, Heavenly Father, that we will be bold believers for you, you, that we are your sons and your daughters, God, and that you promised that you would pour your spirit out upon us in these last days, God, and that we would declare the truth of your word. And so, Father, I pray that every person begins to be hot in their prayer life, that, God, they will stand in the gap for our world and that we will see your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I hope that I was able to convey what was in my heart for you today. But before you change the channel, before you maybe log off, I have one more question for you today. Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? I don't know every single person out there. And I just want to make sure that every person is right with God. Because that's the most important decision that you'll ever make in your entire life is this decision right here. Will I be a follower of Jesus Christ? And so the Bible says that that, uh, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father except through him. And so Jesus died on a cross for us. He shed his blood for us because he loved us so 
much that he didn't want to be apart from us for eternity. And the Bible says that all we have to do is receive him. We confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead and we will be saved. And so I want to say a prayer with you today. I want to invite you to say this prayer. Whether you've never asked Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life, maybe you've never surrendered your heart to him, or you need to recommit today. You know that today you need to take a moment and recommit your heart to him. So let's pray this together. Just simply say in your heart, Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending Jesus to die on a cross for me. I receive him today as my Lord and my Savior. I commit my life to you today, God. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sin. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for healing me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it's as simple as that. All we have to do is just ask him and he hears our prayer. And so we have our team that's going to come on in just a moment. And we would love to know if you said that prayer for the first time today or as a recommitment. And so they'll tell you what to do. You know what? I just want you to know that I love you. And as the church, we love you and we are praying for you. We are here for you, church. And we are excited for the day when we can begin to gather again in person. But right now, I just want to say thank you for engaging online. Stay engaged. Stay engaged with everything that we have going on and especially stay engaged with your prayer life. God bless you. I love you. Hey, wasn't that a great word by Pastor Jen today? We're still in our temperature check series. Imagine such a good word about being hot in prayer. But hey, check it out. If you, for today, you said for the first time you invited Jesus in your heart or you said, you know, I'm going to rededicate my life. I would love you to do is text the number 97000. And where, where you text your, your word, you put GC Church there. And what's that, that's going to do? It's going to give us the ability to send you a fresh start kit with a Bible and some great information that Pastor Troy has wrote himself. It's going to help you on your journey. We just want to thank you and say we're proud of you for doing that this morning. Yes, we want to link arms with you and connect with you and celebrate this time with you. You can also just comment below and just put in the comments there that you go. rededicated your life or you accepted Jesus for the first time today. And we want to celebrate with you. That is, it's an exciting time. So congratulations to those that yes. did that. Um, so I also want to share with you guys some exciting news. Zoom groups yes, are back. Zoom and so if groups. you haven't joined a Zoom group before, awesome. here's the opportunity for you guys to do it. So go to the Church Center app and all of the Zoom groups are really listening. There's stuff for marriage. There's stuff for parenting. Yeah, men, there's the women. women's groups, the yes. men's groups. Yep. Um, there's stuff for there the uh, young adults. There's yep. stuff for the teens. Gotta there's sure something connected. for everyone. Right. So we would love to connect with you. So you can go on generationschurch.tv. You can go on the Church Center app um, to connect with the Zoom group. Yes, and also if you're, on, if you're on Generations Church TV at that time, Kids, where are you at? Let me hear you shout. There we go. Woo-hoo! I want you to go GC to that same kids. page. And you, there's a GC Kids page there where you can get it, have a lesson right now, have a craft, have somebody teaching you the Word of God, just being inspired, having a good time and having fun with it. So go all, go ahead right after this is over with. Click over to there and you'll enjoy your time that you have with them in GC Kids. So yes. awesome for that. Yes. yes. Parents, definitely um, get on the information. Go on generationschurch.tv and connect your kiddos yes. with a fun worship experience just so awesome. for them. So awesome. So again, we want to thank you for joining us today. Just hopefully you stay cool today. You know, jump in the pool, jump in the mountains, jump in the lake, jump in the beach, <laughs> jump in something. But stay cool. Be safe. And until next week or next time we see you, God bless you guys and we love you. And we'll see you soon. Okay. Bye, God guys. bless. Love you all.